0: What was initiated that required Mary and Joseph to travel to Bethlehem? Do you remember what forced them to go there? It was the census, right? That was ordered by Caesar. And that occurred for the purpose of what? Taxation. During the reign of Herod the Great and when Quirinius was governor. Now from non-biblical sources... We know that Herod died in the year 4 B.C., which means that the monk who created our calendar some 500 years later must have miscalculated Jesus' birth. If Jesus was born while Herod was alive when he died in 4 B.C., then Jesus couldn't have been born in the year zero or one. Historical documents from Jesus' time indicate that his birth likely happened in 7 or 6 B.C. Now what's fascinating is that the conjunction of the planets Jupiter and Saturn in the constellation Pisces occurred precisely at that time, 7 to 6 B.C. Astronomers now can work their way back through through the orbital data to that event, they can figure that that happened, that conjunction of the two planets in 7 or 6 BC. And more than that, the Babylonian astronomers of Jesus' time, some of whom were called Magi could have also calculated this cosmic event. It was within their capabilities of the time, and they likely knew about the prophecy of a star associated with the newborn king of the Jews that was circulating in that area. In antiquity, the planet Jupiter was or stood for the highest Babylonian gods, saturn on the other hand was the cosmic representation of the jewish people so the coming together of those two planets jupiter representing the babylonian god the highest one and saturn the jewish people was manifested in what was happening with the gentile wise men and the jewish holy family jesus christ brings together all peoples reconciling them with the true god and with one another now this highlights a key dimension of christianity that's often forgotten and that is its cosmic dimension and we see it here in this feast it's elsewhere in scripture and just think about the crucifixion what was described to have happened at that time to the sun and the moon there was an eclipse right There's a cosmic dimension to Christianity that's often forgotten, although it has been integrated into our feast, drawing upon the seasons, the harvest, even the phases of the moon. For example, the Jewish feast of Passover is celebrated on the first night of the full moon after the spring equinox. Easter, on the other hand, is celebrated on the first Sunday after the Paschal full moon that occurs on or after the spring equinox. You see that God works within the rhythms of the cosmos he created, rhythms that carry a meaning within themselves, dying and rising, for example. Now, true Christian life and worship involves the cosmos. It's a cosmological event. And has traditionally manifested this reality in such things as stained glass windows, which we don't have. (laughs) But you can imagine, you've seen them before, maybe one day we will. What is necessary for stained glass windows to make any sense, to have meaning or beauty? It requires the sun to participate in our worship in order for them to come alive and tell a story capture our attention. It's also manifested in such things as just the bread and the wine, simple things. But what is required to have bread and wine? I mean, one, the sun, isn't it? Which implies the solar system and the universe and air and soil and water and human labor, or like an organ. An organ was created to be played alongside or along with the emperor when he spoke. Every stop on the organ, every voice of the organ was meant to give voice to a creature of the world. The higher ones, the birds, and then the crickets, and then the lower ones, the whales, and the growly, I don't know, rhinoceroses or whatever they might be, so that when the emperor spoke, all of creation was speaking with him as the organ played. Well, the popes naturally drew that to themselves, being the vicar of Christ, the creator of all things, so that when he spoke, all creation was speaking with him as that organ played. And if you've noticed what we've begun to do here, when I offer a prayer and you respond, amen, amen, All of creation is chiming in, in assent with you, affirming it, so be it, every creature on earth is saying. This cosmological dimension also factored into the direction of worship for Christians. Jews pray towards the temple, even though it's been destroyed. Christians, early on, prayed not towards the temple, but towards the rising sun for obvious reasons. Their buildings, their churches were constructed in that way, always facing the east so that all were moving towards the return of the Lord. But occasionally this would be impossible because of the lay of the land. And so it developed in two different ways until just recently. Take St. Peter's as an example in Rome that had the Vatican Hill to deal with and the tomb of St. Peter. So it is built the same direction that ours is. But when this dialogical part of the Mass was concluded, all would turn during the Eucharistic prayer and face the East. Where this didn't develop, a sense of the liturgical East did. Structures like our own with the altar a little bit farther Towards the tabernacle with the cross turned around, so that all of us, when we came to that portion of the Mass, would be praying towards the liturgical east, which is underscored in crosses like I have on the altar that has a sunburst behind it, saying, Look, you're praying all towards the rising sun, to the return of the Son of God. And then lastly, Every Catholic cemetery and burial always has the person facing what direction? Always towards the east. Everywhere, all the time. And when the casket is brought in, it's the same thing. It's fascinating. But as this cosmic dimension has been forgotten, we might say in the last 100, 150 years, We've turned our backs, so to speak, on the expansiveness of worship and created kind of a closed circuit that has tended to approximate entertainment venues, where I've got to be very creative to keep you engaged, or kind of self-help meetings. Liturgy has become something man-made. And who can't see the potential for a negative impact on the environment by forgetting or disregarding the cosmic dimension of Christianity? Nature thus becomes not a window to the divine, not a participant in our worship, but only material for use or abuse. Perhaps we can recover some of that here in our worship and become star-like ourselves, pointing everyone to the true light of the world.